Well, ladies and gentlemen, we start, I'm so excited because we start a new sermon series that is titled Peeled, Revealing the Fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is a nine-week sermon study uh, that we're going to be sharing week by week, learning about the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. It's based on the uh, letter of Galatians, chapter 5, verse, uh, verses 22 and 23. In fact, if you have your Bibles or your devices, I'm going to ask you to please turn to that. Again, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. I'll be reading from the NLT version. The Bible says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Well, let me give you a little bit of a context as to why Paul wrote to the, uh, the Galatians there with, with this letter. Paul had received the report that the churches he had started in Galatia had fallen into hard times, specifically had fallen into error. Because there were Judaizers who gained, you know, influence, tried to gain influence in the church of Galatia. Now, this group was uh, those who wanted to make a living under the Mosaic law and make it a requirement for those who are living the Christian life. Now, giving an overview of an epistle of the Galatians, uh, Chuck Swindle shared this. He says, Paul's letter speaks wisdom and clarity into the first real controversy that plagued the church in its early years. The relationship between Christian Jews and Christian Gentiles. Paul's aggressive tone shows just how important it was to him that the people embrace the unity in Christ no matter their racial distinctions. See, Paul's counsel is a daring summons, urging the church to trust that it can live without the subject of the law of Moses, as long as the Spirit guides and shapes the community. For the community will organically produce fruit that is formed by the Spirit. And that's why uh, Paul here, in the later part of the verse 23, he says this. He says, there is no law against these things. Again, speaking about the fruit of the Spirit. Chapter 5 of this Galatians is the most impassioned defense anywhere in Scripture of the sufficiency of the Spirit to guide the community of faith. Paul affirms clearly that the guidance of the Spirit will be recognizable, a character as found in the fruit of the Spirit. And these two verses that I shared, those nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine parts, but it is so fitting that the first revelation that we will experience as we peel and go into the reveal, the the fruit of the Spirit, is love. Say love. It's a word that some of us use a lot. For example, oh, I love the color on you. Oh, I love that purse. I love those shoes, right? I love your house and what you've done with it. I love your car. I mean, think about, you know, the the, the food. Oh, I love pizza. And I'm 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 speaking personally, specifically pepperoni pizza. Can Can you tell? Oh, man, yeah. Thanks for those who clapped. Like, you know, it's all right. It's all good. 
And so there are others who, like Pastor Gill, he mentioned last week when he spoke about uh, Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. He says, ooh, I love bread. And then when it comes to relationships, those who say, I love you. <laughs> there are different ways that we can use the word love, but the Greeks uh, wanted to share that uh, before I do that. There are people who don't know or don't even express the word of love out loud. Throughout my years of ministry, there have been many funerals that I have done. And when people come up and share about the loved one who's no longer with them, some of them have also said, you know what? They never said, I love you. No words came out to say, I love you. But we knew that they loved us because they did this, they did that. They showed the love by their actions, not just words. Now, I'm going to pick up my wife because she's not here, but I'm pretty sure she's listening online. <laughs> Every time we end a phone call, I love you. And there's been times that I, you know, I'm in the middle of something. I just hang up. She calls back or texts me, hey, you didn't say I love you. <laughs> Am I the only one? Oh, okay, all right, so good. But baby, if you're watching, I love you, so good. But there are different ways to express love. The Greeks uh, had four ways of, of responding to love. The first one is agape which is a love of God. It's a love that is given whether or not it's returned. It is a love that is not based on feeling, but based on action. So that's agape love. And then you got uh, uh, storge, which is a love, the parental love, the love of parents for children. And then you have the, uh, uh, the, the phileo, which is the love of friends or equals. And then you have eros, which is more of the passionate romantic love. Keep this in mind for later on in the sermon. So we see that the, um, Paul writes love in the beginning of this fruit, or the characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. It sets the tone for all that occurs in the community's life together. We should not interpret this uh, fruit as referring only to the character qualities of the individuals. Paul is primarily concerned with the way in which the Spirit's work is made manifest in community. Love that is needed in the communities of faith to truly be known and be recognized as the church. Speaking about church, there was a time when Jesus, after he resurrected in the last uh, chapter of the book of John, he had conversation with his disciples, one of them particularly, I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles or devices, join, join me in the book of John, again, chapter 21, beginning on verse 15. And here's the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. 
This is the same uh, Peter, the same individual that Jesus had changed the name. He says, and now from now on, you will be called Peter. That means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell cannot conquer it. The church. When we think about the fruit of the Spirit, how, yes, it's based on the individual, how we produce the fruit, but it's not for individual sake. For your own good, it's more for the community of faith, the church. Jesus told Peter to feed my lambs, to feed my sheep, and to take care of it. One way that we can build a church is to feed it and keep it healthy. And how do we do that? One of the healthiest foods that we can produce is what? Fruit. And we can have it in abundance because as God, as the gardener, he prunes us and we're able to produce more fruit that is pleasing to him. So how can we produce that fruit? Specifically here, the fruit of love in this uh, sermon here today. Well, we can think about love as the Father loves you. In John 15, verses 8 through 13, the Bible says this. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. How can we grow in love? By remaining connected to Christ. Remember that message when Jesus said, I am the true vine. God is the gardener. Jesus is the true vine. And we are the branches. It is for us to remain in love, remain connected. And just as important to love each other in the same way that Jesus loves us. So again, we hear in Galatians that the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit, love. There are other parts in the Bible that speak about the promise of the Holy Spirit. For example, God's precious spirit is our counselor, our helper, our comforter, our guide, our source to remember what Jesus had done for us and what God continues to do today to, for, and through the people, whether they're just or unjust. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write down the Gospel book of John, chapters 14 through 16. And you'll hear about what the Spirit, Holy Spirit is supposed to be doing for us. It is a promise of God that when Jesus was uh, re resurrected, he ascended, he was to leave a gift. He was going to provide a gift, and that was God's Spirit. So I encourage you to read it today, or maybe throughout this week, as you take time to take devotions, whether it's in the morning, or lunchtime, or dinner time, before bed, you're able to read those scriptures. Let me give you a few more. Romans 8, verses 1 through 17, shares the words of how to live life in the Spirit. Other passages can be found in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, and then 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, where Paul offers different lists of gifts and works of the Spirit. 
Then on verses 22 to 27 of that 1 Corinthians 12 passage, we see that it's important to know that as individuals we make up many members, but the many members form that one body, Christ as the head of that body. And what keeps us together is the movement and the power of the precious Holy Spirit. So it is so fitting when Paul is talking here also to the uh, church of the Corinth in the first Corinthians chapter. He then, after he speaks about the body of Christ, as many members, we form that one body. Later on, the next chapter, he goes and speaks about love. I'm going to encourage you to open up your Bibles to first Corinthians chapter 13. Verses one through three. I'm gonna, this is the NIV version now. Here Paul is saying, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of, uh, of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move the mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all uh, I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. You see, love is essential to the Christian life. It exceeds everything else. Paul begins this chapter by describing the human characteristics that are extremely praiseworthy. The spiritual gifts, superior knowledge, the great faith and sacrificial giving. But he says that all these admirable qualities mean nothing if we do not have love. You see, I have seen or heard Christians allow circumstances to dictate how they treat others. This current situation that we're dealing with, the COVID-19, have resulted in various expressions from the people of God, and not all of them have been with love. The big question that comes about is to mask or not to mask? You can't believe how nasty I've seen the people come together and just bash others, and especially the audacity when it comes to say, if you're wearing a mask, then you do not have faith, and faith is not, has nothing to do with it. You know, think about asking, if you're questioning that, ask the New Deliverance Evangelistic Church in Chesterfield, Virginia, whose founding pastor, Gerald Glenn, died on April 10th. Ask the Resurrection Metropolitan Community Church in Houston, whose associate pastor, the Reverend Vicki Gibbs, died on Friday, July 10th, after contracting the COVID-19. Or how about asking the Fost Community Church in Oldham County, Kentucky, where it was reported that just this past Saturday morning, COVID-19 took the life of its lead pastor, Jeff Hewson, after a week-long battle with COVID-19. It's not about the faith. Other areas we can produce the fruit of love is in the political realm. Oh my, what a divisive matter when it comes in. You already know that it is election year because you see the ads and you see people going against each other because they're from one party or the other. I've heard or seen God, the people of God, disrespect each other. 
I've heard or seen the people of God allow the political realm to destroy relationships simply because they disagree. The relationship, that relationship can be within the family. It can be within a marriage. It could be within a church. It could be within the workplace. Where else does, does it seem that we have discord from the people of God when it comes to love? In essence, these first three verses of 1 Corinthians uh, uh, condemns anyone who does the right thing for the wrong reason or consistently does something good one minute and hateful the next. Without love, everything else, no matter how praiseworthy, is of no account. Let's continue on with verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. In these verses, Paul describes what love is and what it is not. There are more negatives than positives, but the overall idea is that patterns of behavior must be transformed, intentionally improved over time. The act of keeping no record of being wronged, for example, requires an ongoing willingness to forgive. Verses 8 through 13 says, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the, way, the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even I, as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, Paul is returning to some of the ideas of the first verses, but from a different perspective. Now his perspective is from the end of time. When believers come face to face with Jesus, when we are in his presence, then what is incomplete becomes complete. What we did not know becomes known. Things once admirable no longer have a purpose. Those things that we, not, we now see as praiseworthy are only temporary and incomplete. When God's kingdom comes, when we are in his presence, face to face, things that are presently admirable will come to an end. 
They will no longer be necessary, no longer have a purpose. Knowledge will then be complete. Faith will be redeemed. Hope will be filled. Love, however, will endure. It is the greatest quality we share with God. Our relationship began with his loving us. I'm going to give you four scripture references. Romans 5 verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 2 and 3. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. In John 15, verse 12, that I read earlier, it says, This is my commandment in verse 12. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, We love each other because he first loved us. Now let's recall the four Greek words for love. Agape. Storge, phileo, and eros. Again, agape is the love that is given whether or not it is returned. The love that is not based on feeling but action. Then we have storge, which is the parental love. We have phileo, which is the love of friends and equals. And eros, which means more the passionate romantic love. Agape. Storge, Phileo, and Eros. But the last three, the last three ladies and gentlemen, have no point of reference without the first. The late Robbie Zacharias was once recorded saying, if you are living with a broken heart today because of a broken love, you probably had that love broken because somebody didn't hang on love on the peg of the eternal love of God himself. You see, you cannot love without giving. On John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is no greater love than the agape love that God gives to people. Through Jesus Christ. When we accept that love, like faithful Christians before us, we model and share it with others, becoming part of an expanding circle of mutual, reinforcing love that never ends. Love can never be defined apart from God. How can you be successful at producing the fruit of love in the Spirit? You remain in Jesus, connected to the true vine. Bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit always comes out of remaining united with Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that we have a great example about love, about what you have done for us. 
You gave us our love through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that he gave himself up for us. Like Jesus mentioned, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. As we continue to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we are reminded to love each other in the same way you love us and that we can love each other because you first loved us. Continue to prune us to produce more fruit that is pleasing to you. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that you have enjoyed today's sermon, today's service, that you have been blessed by as we started this new series, Peeled, revealing the fruit of the Spirit. I encourage you to join us next week as we learn into another characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. I encourage you to join us online, but also I encourage you to uh, go and save your seat, to come and worship with us in person. I've been told that the link is active right now and it can be found in the Church Center app as well as on our website. Until, you know, just think about this, ladies and gentlemen, ask God, seek God this week and ask him where in your life can you continue to produce more fruit, specifically the fruit of love. We're going to end today's service with a great song that's titled, Stand in Your Love. And for those of you who are here, I'm going to ask you to please stand. For the rest of you, may God's love and peace be with each and every one of you. May you continue to grow in love and the power of the Holy Spirit. May you have a blessed week. Amen.